0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Crossroads on this pretty cold New Year's Eve day. Will you please stand and worship with us this morning?
1: Welcome. We are one. We are a short day away from a brand new year. Everybody's ready for 2024, right? Come on. Yeah, let's listen. Listen, let's be forward thinkers. Let's think about the new year. Let's tackle it. Because listen, we go with God. He is behind us. He is front of us. He is with us. Can't forget that truth. Well, good morning. We're glad you are all here on this New Year's Eve uh, morning, and so we're glad that you're joining us online as well. Um, I want to welcome our guests and say, please stop by the Welcome Center before you leave on your way out. Uh, there's a table in the foyer, and we would just love to connect with you there. We also have a gift for you, so please, all of our guests, don't forget to stop by the, by the Welcome Center on your way out. And then, church, as we head into the new year, I know that a few of you have approached me about people you've been praying for and... And people that have been on your heart, maybe you brought to Ernie Haas or maybe they came to Christmas Eve. Um, use those connect cards in front of you and just write a prayer request. Um, it could be anonymous or you could say, hey, I'm, you know, maybe I need a resource going into the new year for, for reading the Bible or what we can do, anything we can do to help serve you and then put it in the offering box and we'll follow up with you. Um, we would love to help you and come alongside of you. So any prayer requests that we can join with you in prayer, please let us know. Um, but as we head into the new year, um, I want to, Couple things I want to share with you. One is that we have um, two, stu- two new studies one on Wednesday, um, uh, there's a marriage study, and then on Sunday morning is the Financial Peace University. And so all the information is on the front page of our website. Um, you can see uh, all the different topics and you can see how to register for those studies and so those, uh, the marriage study starts on Wednesday, um, next week and then that following Sunday the 7th is when the Financial Peace University starts so um, on our website you can see all the information and register or you can reach out through the website or stop by the Welcome Center and we can help you out there too. If you grab those connect cards you can also put I want to be in those classes and then those studies and then you put your name on it and then we'll follow up with you and get you all registered. But yeah, great great goals for the new year to, to jump into these invest in your marriage, invest in your finances. So, two things to just give to you as a resource, and so I hope you guys can jump into that and, and be encouraged, and uh, just jump in and get to know other people as well. As we head into uh, uh, January 30th, I'm to let you know that we have our Refuel Conference. So, this is gonna be for anybody. We have speakers, incredible speakers. Dave Early, who um, is who wrote the book um, that we're gonna be using as our prayer guide for the 21 Days of Prayer. He's gonna be speaking. Um, uh, and, 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 barring, uh, if the Steelers make the playoffs or not, we're not sure, but Kent Chavalier, the chaplain of the Steelers is slated to speak as well. And Gary Habermas. So you can see all the different speakers on our website and see information about refuel, but this is for anybody pastors. There's going to be people from all over the place that are going to be coming. So please encourage you to get signed up. It's hundred percent free. So that's going to be on the 30th of January and then crossroads, our birthday gift to Jesus. <clears throat> our goal is hundred thousand dollars. We're praying for people all over, the, all over the world that we're partnering with for the gospel. And so our goal is $100,000. And we've been praying about our part. We've been asking God to provide. Look at what God provided. Isn't that incredible? So so just, just know that, that 100% of what comes in is 100% of what goes out. So just bless and encourage, and Pastor Cam will share more information here in a minute about the birth to get to Jesus. But I want to just encourage you, continue to just pray. And ask God to provide. Um, you can continue to give the birthday gift to Jesus online. And then there's off, uh, there's offering envelopes right in front of you that say birthday gift to Jesus. You can put those in the uh, boxes here in the auditorium or in the foyer on the left on your way out. Um, but church, on top of that, thank you for giving faithfully unto the Lord. Uh, you can give online through the mail or the offering boxes here in the church. But listen, this is going to be a great year because, again, we go with God. So as we continue on uh, this morning, let's pray and just pause and um, Let's just let's 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 ask God to just speak to us. Lord, what a what a great time that we can be here, Lord. Um, to, to, there's 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 not just a, a random reason that we're all here. God, we're here because you've gathered us here. And so um, we are heading into a new year, as God, you know, and God, you know exactly what this year will hold. You know what today, tomorrow and the days after will hold. So why wouldn't we trust you? God, help us to trust you more and more and more. Help us to let go. Help us to focus on you. And God, it's, um, it's going to be one where we're going to see our lives change the more that we give ourselves to you. Lord, we thank you for these two studies we have coming up. Lord, pray for those who are preparing to lead, those who are joining those studies. Lord, I pray for a refuel, um, God, that this would be a blessing to so many people that would be encouraging and refueling to them. And Lord, for the birthday gift of Jesus, God, you have provided and you will continue to provide. So we give thanks. We worship you for this. It's all for you. It's all for your honor. and It's all for your glory. God, be with us this morning. Be with those online. Maybe those who are traveling. God, all the different places that our people are. Lord, we saw a thousand people come through on Christmas Eve. That is not because we're just so great at asking. That's because you are moving in the hearts of people's lives and they are wanting to know you. Maybe some don't even know they want you, but they are searching. God, help us as a church to just grow closer and closer and closer to the core that is the hottest core, and that's Christ. God, we, we truly love you. And we pray this morning would be a morning that we would look back and, and say that you moved in our lives. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.
2: Excellent. Thank you, Lily. Aren't you thankful for our church this morning, folks? Let's thank God. What a great family we have here at Crossroads. I want to thank everybody who served so faithfully last weekend. You know, Christmas Eve was just absolutely incredible here, wasn't it? Uh, God was moving. There was standing room only. I think some of you came for 11 o'clock and, and had, couldn't get in. I mean, it was unbelievable. We had 60 people in overflow rooms, multiple overflow rooms. We had people standing on the back everywhere. And then I thought, is anybody going to come at 3 o'clock? And to my surprise, 3 o'clock was full. I think there was uh, right towards the end that my roast started to fill up. And then at 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock was full. So let's thank God for what a great Christmas we've had here at Crossroads. And I want to thank all of our music people, especially, you know, that takes, uh, each ministry has their thing, like VBS really wears down the kids' ministry, Christmas takes a lot out of our worship people, so we're giving a number of them a rest today, we want to thank God for them, amen? God is so good today, and so we are going to, I just want to say a word about the birthday gift of Jesus before we jump into our message today, um, we have one of our missionaries on the list is the Stewarts to Island. this is Josh and Denise Stewart. And uh, and their family, they have been missionaries to Ireland. We have supported them for many, many years. And actually, I was looking at their picture. I was like, wow, I can't believe their kids have grown up already. And uh, as they have, they planted a church out there. And and as you can imagine, Ireland is not the easiest place. You don't get like a ton of converts in Ireland, a whole lot of people coming to Christ. It's, uh, the soil was hard, but they have planted a church, and God is growing the church And and as we are raising the funds here for the birthday gift of Jesus, I get this letter from them about two weeks ago saying with all of our supporters and they're asking all their supporters to consider an extra gift of nearly $3,000. I think it's $2,700 a church to help them to be able to purchase the land for a church building. So how exciting is that, that we have gone over and we're going to be able to do that? Let's thank God for that this morning, folks. Isn't that wonderful? And so I'm going to just show you uh, just a a clip of uh, Josh that he's out walking his dog. This is crazy. You know, this is what the the Facebook and all this does so that we can get these things. So I want you to watch this as he's walking his dog, showing you the land that they're looking to purchase. Hey,
3: everybody here. Just hello. Good morning to a lot of people in America. But I just wanted to kind of go live uh, with you this morning Spontaneously. Um, for project 432 and kind of just show you, um, a place here that could be used behind me is just this, this lot. It's, and, um, let's see if I can turn the camera around. Of course, it's not going to let me, yep, there it is. So here you have this beautiful lot and then, uh, right up here you have a, a, what we call a derelict home, uh, right on the main street. And so this is like a prime place that we could buy. And of course we would tear down this uh, derelict building and there's enough room for a car park and a a beautiful sized church right inside town. I mean, we're literally probably a 10 minute walk right down the street here once you see it. Uh, Yep, I'm walking the dogs dogs this morning (laughs) I do try to do that every morning but I just kind of wanted to show you a little bit of Charlie and so here's the main road a couple shops down that way and then of course we have the center of town all the way down that way and so uh, that's exciting exciting stuff I mean it's for sale Uh, we just need to raise the first
2: thing. so they are in the process of raising funds for the uh, for this building and we get to be a part of that isn't that wonderful i want to thank god for the opportunities we have to support missionaries like this um, he is related to uh, one of the sleagles he may, he uh, he Anyhow, his sister married one of the Sleggles, all right? And he's a great guy. We've known them for many years and we thank God for Josh and Denise and their family. And I want to just uh, share with you some of those things. as we're As we've gone over, we're just going to be able to keep blessing people and see what God's going to do. And it's just going to be an incredible opportunity. So I want to encourage you, keep giving. Keep giving, because as uh, the sky's the limit, wherever God's going to take this thing. So uh, as you give today, if, you're, if you need to give for a tax credit to be able to get, remember today's the last day of the year, December the 31st, so anything that's received here today or must be received online by midnight tonight. So we want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving, and just get to share with you the joys of some of that. I want you to be thinking about those kids in Haiti that we're supporting, we're helping those kids to have... Uh, have, have food. I mean, there's orphans that we're feeding. There's uh, multiple orphanages that we're helping down in Haiti, down in uh, the Philippines. I know Al shared with you a few weeks ago about what was happening over there in the Philippines and, uh, and just around the world, Ecuador, and the list goes on and on and on of who we're going to be able to bless and support. The other thing I wanted to encourage you on is as we head into the new year, many people are always asking for Bible reading plans. Uh, in the foyer on our resource table, we have our Bible reading plans. I want to encourage you to get one of those Bible reading plans. There's one called five by five by five. That is, uh, you can read the, uh, read the New Testament through, and I think it's five minutes a day, five days a week. So I want to encourage you to grab that because you can spend time with the Lord and grow and learn to get to know him. And then there's another one out there called the Bible in a year. So you can take the whole Bible and read the entire Bible through in one year. And I want to encourage you to do that. We're also jumping into our 21 days of prayer next week. If you've not yet gotten your 21 days of prayer book... Please go out and grab one of these. This is the 21 most effective prayers in the Bible. And we will begin next Sunday. We're going to begin a series that's going to go along with this book. And so what I'm going to ask everyone to do is to take this book and to read one chapter a day. And each chapter is based upon a prayer. For example, the first chapter is the prayer of Eliezer. And it, uh, the title is Give Me Success Today. And so I'm going to ask you to read that. It's about three or four pages long. And then I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer. And so the next one is Lord bless me, the prayer of Jacob, uh, the Lord forgive me. And so we're going to go through 21 of the most effective prayers of the Bible. And I want to encourage you to take this and you can, it's an easy read. The print is large. That's what I like as well. Okay. So it's, that means there's not tons of word on every page, but it means that you'll be able to get something out of it and you'll apply it to your life. So I want to encourage you to, Day to take this and uh, and just grab that. Please sign up, fill out the form, drop it in the uh, in that box there by the by the uh, by the books with the books, and grab your book on the way out. So as uh, as we're jumping into the, the new year, you know, I'm always reminded that the new year. Uh, of course, this is the last day of this year, right? So tomorrow morning you're starting a new year, and you're going to probably start it out by sleeping in, right? How many will stay up tonight and watch? Dick Clark's show, even though Dick Clark's long gone, right? Yeah, I think they tried to keep Dick Clark alive longer than he wanted to be there, right? Remember? It was like they kept wheeling him in there. I was like, man, let the guy have a break, right? So, um, so raise your hands again. How many will stay up till midnight tonight? Okay, we're heavier to the right, I see. All right, so... Alright, this side here, somewhere on the fence. I will stay up. I will I will enjoy that moment. I will kiss my wife at midnight, and then I will go to bed, and it will all be over, right? And so that's, that's the fun of New Year's. But many people start to think about this, and they say, okay, what's going to happen in the new year? And uh, it's like a fresh start. It really is. It's a fresh start in all areas of your life, and so you get to take and wipe the slate clean. And so I want to encourage you, as you wipe the slate clean, to remember the things of God as you wipe the slate clean in your heart. Uh, Time is something that we live by. God knows time. God understands our time. But God operates outside of time. And we talked about that earlier this month. God operates independent of time. But you and I, we operate on time. And so when we look at time, we say, okay, this is the time that I'm going to do this. And so, what happens in our world? Everybody says on January the 1st, okay, I'm going to start this. I'm going to begin that. And by January the 20th, they say, oh, I didn't make my goals and I moved on. And so, a resolution is quickly gone. But I want to talk to you about something much bigger than a resolution today. I want to talk to you about this. Isaiah 43, verse 18 says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. This is what God's called us to do, to forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. What was happening here was the nation of Israel had received a number of promises. You go back and read Isaiah 43. You'll see there were a number of promises given to the nation of Israel. And then God comes along and he says this. He gives us this last promise. and It's pretty big. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And so God is doing a new thing. And while this promise was given directly to the children of Israel, I believe it's also a promise that God would give to you and I. God is doing something new. Uh, The work of God is not, hey, this happened yesterday and we're going back to there. We have the cross. Don't get me wrong. The cross changes everything. But God's work is continuing to this day. That's why there are new churches being built. That's why we have missionaries in Haiti and in Mexico and Ecuador all around the world. That's why the things that we get to do are so powerful because God says, I am doing something new. And I want you to consider your life. What is the new work that God is going to do in your life? You know, maybe for some of you, you look at 2023 and you say, man, 2023 stunk. I mean, that's sometimes I get at the end of the year and I just say, man, I hope I never have another year like that again. I know at the end of 2020, didn't we all say that at the end of 2020? I hope we never have another 2020. I remember at the beginning of 2020, I was like, yeah, man, we got vision, And then by Easter, churches were closed. And so much for vision when you couldn't even have a public gathering, right? Well, we have a vision now. We're going to gather no matter what. Some of my friends, they've canceled their services for New Year's weekend. I'm like, I'm not canceling for nothing. Uh, By the way, if it's snowing out... I'm here. I live close by. So so don't ever worry about church being canceled. Worry about your safety. okay? so what my point is, this is this. Listen, God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. I am making a a way for you. The Lord says Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. All the things that he had talked about, he talked about all the provisions of God. God always takes care of his children. God never lets his children go. So you will always be under the love and the care of the Lord. And so he says, therefore, your goal is to seek him. So as we go into 2024, I want to encourage you folks. Let's go to seek the Lord. Let's go to seek him first in all that he has given to us. So today we're going to, you know, I want you to think about this. If I were to take my life and write a post-it note of everything that I need to do and all the things that I want to get done in 2024, I could probably fill up a wall in my office of all the things that are are all over the place that I need to do. But I'm going to narrow it down and I'm going to ask the Lord, what's the one thing you want me to work on? What is the one thing? And so I'm going to give you four questions, four questions that have this, this phrase in it, one thing. They're on the back of your bulletin this morning. And the very first thing is, what one thing do you desire from God? Read that with me. What one thing do you desire from God? As you're going into a new year, what is it that you desire from God? Look here in Psalms, chapter 27, verse 4. Psalm 27 4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing I ask of the Lord. And look what the psalmist says here. This is the one thing I ask that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. You know, we think of the house of the Lord as what we are gathered in today. Quite often you'll hear people refer to this as the house of the Lord. Well, the house of the Lord is a, has a broader meaning than just the, the place of worship. It's talking about coming into his presence. In what areas of your life do you need the presence of God Almighty to step into? Maybe there's an era of your life that you say, man, one thing I ask of the Lord is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life in my marriage. Maybe your marriage has gone through a rocky, rocky world this, this year. And God says, listen, uh, your, your prayer of the Lord is, I need, Lord, I need you to help me in my marriage. God, I, I'm asking you, I need the presence of the Lord in my marriage. Maybe it was your job situation that was a rocky, rocky world. Boy, just a few months ago, a number of people in our church were worrying about their jobs. One of the large companies here in Pittsburgh, they they told them they were going to shut down their local plant here. And all those people would have to relocate and find other jobs. And as I was talking to a number of those folks that were dealing with this situation, amazing the resilient faith that I saw in our people. God is so good, isn't he? God is so good. And then... Just a few days ago, I'm watching on TV, that very company says, well, we're not going to move that company anymore. And thanks be to God, those people were able to keep their jobs. But let me tell you, it doesn't always work out that way. Many people have job transitions, job losses, and I know a number of our people right now that have lost their job this year. One thing I ask from the Lord is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in the area of my finances. Lord, I need a touch from you. What area do you need a touch from God this morning in your life? And so as, as we look at that, that's question number one. What one thing do you desire from God? I think sometimes we get sidetracked and we forget that I need God's will and I need God's power, and I need God's presence in every area of my life, whether it's my marriage, my career, uh, my health, you name it. There's an area of your life that you can say, wow, what one thing. And, and one, wouldn't that be incredible if in 2024 we take it and come even to the verse there, what one thing, this is the one thing that I ask of the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I may have the Lord's blessing upon my life. That I may enjoy worshiping the Lord. And as you come in to church and you gather here, this will be the celebration of the time that you've been spending with the Lord throughout the week. So what one thing do you desire from God? I've asked Pastor Al Finney to come up and share with you question number two this morning. So as we go through this, you can fill them out on the back of your uh, back of your uh, bolt in there. What one thing do you uh, ask uh, desire from
4: God? Al, number two. Thanks, Pastor Ken. Well, number two is what is one thing you lack? What is one thing you lack when it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your relationship with God? What is one thing you lack or what is one thing that is missing? In your life, in Mark chapter 10, verse 21 and 22, we read, "Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack," he said, "go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me." All this, the, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Well, the context of these verses is about a man who had authority over others, was respected by others, had knowledge of God's word. He had morals. He had potential. He had wealth and he was young. He saw Jesus passing by and ran up to him and asked the following question. He said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responded by telling him he needed to obey the commandments. Jesus directed the young man to the law so that he could see himself as a sinner before a holy God. Warren Wiersbe said this, he said, The law is a mirror that shows us how dirty we are, but the mirrors will never be able to wash us clean. The law can bring a sinner to Christ, but the law cannot make a sinner like Christ. Only grace can do that. The young man had many great qualities and advantages and believed that he could somehow earn eternal life. Even today, there are many who believe that when they take their final breath, God is going to add up all the good things they've done in life and all the not so good things they've done in life. And if the good outweighs the bad, they're going to be able to go to heaven. We are told that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Well, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 tells us, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. The young ruler believed he was blameless because he measured obedience by external actions and not by inward attitudes. Well, the Lord sees the outward attitudes and the inward thoughts and intents. He tells us that all have sinned and come short of his glorious standard. That's a given to some. It might have seemed that the rich young man had everything he ever could have wanted and everything he ever needed. But Jesus pointed out the one thing he was lacking in his life. It was a living faith in God, a living faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus loved him and he wasn't afraid, though, to confront him in the process. Jesus pointed out the one thing the rich young man was missing. He said, go and sell everything you have. And give it to the poor. Then come and follow me. Is there something that is standing in your way. Of following Jesus Christ. How would you respond. If you heard Jesus say to you. There's one thing lacking. In your life. Take note. For this young ruler. It was material possessions. And the desire for security from wealth. And Jesus pointed out. That it was getting in his way. You see the rich young ruler believed. That he had accomplished all the commandments that was like a ringer for him he was a good guy he had followed the commandments he he did them so he viewed his life as being yes jesus thanks for telling me to follow the commandments but then jesus said but there's something lacking in your life he went from being excited about outwardly following the law to walking away from jesus dejected and sad he went away from being like, "woohoo" to being, I can't do it. Jesus pointed out the one thing he was lacking, and he was unwilling to sell all that he had to follow Christ. You might be lacking a living faith in Jesus. You've been trusting in your own good works and just hoping God will see past your wrongs. Unfortunately, you also may believe that Jesus would never accept you Because you are too far gone. You're beyond His forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Your life is filled with guilt and shame. And if that's you, remember Jesus went to the cross for you. He went ultimately to pay the price that you could be forgiven, redeemed, and rescued. Because it was never about what we're capable of doing. It was about what he was able to do in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, and nine, we're told for by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. What is something that the Lord has been showing you that you lack that you're missing in your spiritual life? He may have been pointing this out this past year or maybe something that he's been showing you the past several years not so you can show your strength by having obedience in Him, but rather to reflect His strength, His power, and His provision. You see, we're told when we're weak, then is He strong. It's about what He's capable of doing. We all have the same opportunity to respond to a new thing in a new year and follow Christ, allowing Him to set our course and direct our steps. His Word tells us that we may make our plans but ultimately it's the lord that directs our steps at times we're afraid to take that step of faith or we may decide that we just do not have enough faith to follow christ lack look at what the dad said and i love this because there's a dad in the bible in mark chapter 9 verse 22 who said this to jesus he said lord i do believe but help me overcome My unbelief. He knew he didn't have enough. Because sometimes we just think, if I just had enough faith. Well, guess what? God tells us when we're faithless, he remains faithful. Well, I've been struggling with a neurologic movement disorder for more than eight years. It's known by the name of dystonia. It's not life-threatening, but it's rather life-altering. Little did I know more than eight years ago, that it would be this long of a journey. I've experienced my eyes being spasm shut, speech issues, including no audible voice. And so, therefore, some of you have come in at times, I'm greeting at the front door. I'm the silent greeter. It's not that I don't want to say good morning. It's that nothing will come out. It's just quiet. Face paralysis, extreme headaches, issues with my hands, walking issues and breathing issues, and at times involuntarily body movements. Pains become the norm, but I'm aware that I'm more blessed and fortunate than most. I'm grateful to be able to function, even though it may not be at times like everybody else is able to function. As I reflect on 2023, one thing continues to surface in my mind, and that is my belief that dystonia is a gift from God. You see, through the process, there are times where I'd struggle. I I accepted the fact, Okay, I've got it. I accepted the fact I'm going to have to adapt and overcome. I accepted all that, but I wasn't seeing it as a gift. And this year, Jesus has just been really pointing me in that direction. There have been changes that have taken place in my life that may have never occurred without having dystonia. Some of those changes have been extremely humbling and life altering. I'm sure that one area Jesus has been working on in my life over some period of time, was to accept that dystonia really is a gift and not just something to be endured. To accept that dystonia really is a gift and not a punishment. And to accept that dystonia really is a gift and not a life sentence. To accept that dystonia really is a gift. In James chapter 1, verse 17, we're told every gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. What is something you're lacking that Jesus has been been pointing out to you? It might be spending time in His Word. It might be spending time in prayer, talking to Him. It's not about having all the right words to say. It's a communication taking place between you and the Father. It might be being intentional about your relationships with a spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your friends. It might be financially giving to crossroads. It might be joining a life group. It might be having an accountability partner, something in your someone in your world who's able to speak truth in your life. And they know what you're going through and they love you just the same. And they care about you. Over the course of the past eight years, my world has become increasingly smaller. And something has been pointed out to me by a close confidant. I'll call her my wife. Is that I'm not doing a lot of fun things. Jesus has been pointing this out as well. But I've had many excuses on why. It's sort of been, well, I'm just tired. I'm worn out. I just can't do it anymore. So this past year, Jesus did something special for me. He brought two different situations into my life. The first was I met a man by the name of Dan and he bought a tandem bike and Dan and I started to ride tandem bike. The last time we rode, we did about 16 miles and Dan said this to me. He said, Al, you had mentioned before that you haven't ridden a bike for more than 45 years. He said, we both know you have issues. That's dystonia, right? And uh, he said, what? Made you willing to ride with me? I said, because you asked me. Guess what? That's something Al needed to do to sort of refresh and revive, something outside of my box. Now, I want to look for something like that, and by the way, Dan's up front. He's a real deal cyclist. I'm in the back. I just help balance and pedal. The second was my friend Andy said, Hey, Al, do you want to go kayaking? And I said, well, Andy, I'm not sure about the kayaking. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know about some things. And he said, we could do tandem kayaking. At first, I thought it was a joke because of the tandem bike. But there are tandem kayaks. And Andy and I went tandem kayaking. And we're going to do it again. Listen, what I experienced through those both things. First, I'm out in nature. I'm getting to experience what God has done. And God's doing some refreshing in me. The spiritual part that needs just some fun in the process. When it comes to your relationship with God, what is one thing you lack? What is one thing you lack to move forward with Him? Well, Pastor Luke is going to talk to us about the third question this morning.
1: Thanks, Pastor Al. So the third question in your notes is, what one thing do you need to let go of? And uh, so Apostle Paul in Philippians is where uh, we're going to dig into this question. So Philippians three thirteen through 14, it says this. It says, Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. And he continues on and he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heaven onward in Christ Jesus. So there's two things here. Forgetting what is in the past and pressing on towards the goal, the prize, which is heaven, which we've been called to in Christ. And, and what I love about this is you, you have to put yourself in Paul's position. And so Paul, we know that his previous life, before he was changed by Jesus, that means before he, his life was flipped upside down, As those who have come to Christ, believe in Jesus, you believe in the gospel, that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose again three days later. We believe that his life was totally different before Paul gave his life to Christ. It was totally different. He put he put Christians in prison. He murdered them. He had them killed. He was the guy who gave the thumbs up to having Stephen stoned to death. Like this is Paul. And then after he comes to Christ, he's, in, he's put in prison for his faith. He writes many of the New Testament letters in prison. He is uh, beaten with a rod. He suffers dearly for Christ. So he's got two major parts of his life. And he says, I haven't figured it all out, but there's one thing that I have figured out. And this one thing is two parts. Forgetting the past. Forgetting what is behind and pressing on. So right there, when you think about one thing, what one thing do I need to let go of? I have to forget the past. That's 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 deep. Because if you think about it, have you ever got your uh, you know your 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 pant leg caught on something and you're moving forward, but it takes off a bottom part of your pants, and you maybe, you know, you can't reconcile that. You may be moving forward, but there's still a part of you being dragged off. You know what I mean? Um, there, there is a powerful story about two people, two runners. Uh, one is an Australian runner whose name was John Landy, and then there was a, a British runner named whose Roger Bannister. You'll never forget those names, right? Um, And and these two people ran the mile in under four minutes, like 358 and 359. Anybody four minute mile? Okay. So these two people ran the mile in under four minutes. And then the year after they both beat this record, they raced together because why not? So 35,000 people, 1954, these two runners are going at it. And John Landy is ahead of Roger Bannister. 90 yards before the goal, John Landy looks over his left shoulder and Roger Bannister pulls ahead. As a, as a father and as a husband, I do a really good job holding everything in. And as I'm trying to lead my family and trying to lead as being a pastor here at this church or in my community through sports or trying to be a light for Christ, I'm trying to move forward because who doesn't? But I find myself not moving fast or I'm not moving forward, not feeling light enough to move forward because I'm being dragged down by the past. And I love what Paul says is when he says, forgetting the past, forgetting what lies behind and pressing on. And I think about forgetting the past. And I think some of you, when you're thinking about what one thing do I need to let go of? Why? Why do I need to let go of it? Because because we, we we read in Hebrews 12:1, therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So we know sin entangles. So so maybe maybe the thing that we're looking over our left shoulder is sin that we've committed before God. And we need to ask for forgiveness. But some of you are like, how do I let go of sin because God can't forgive me? 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There you go. So when we've been forgiven, so when we know that He forgives us, we have no choice than to move forward it's like we can't we we sit there and we go we fight it because oh god you can't forgive me and it says he is faithful and just you know the just part we don't deserve forgiveness but it never was dependent on us was it it was dependent on christ because of jesus we are forgiven our sins are forgiven so we're looking over our shoulder going, God, you can't forgive me. He says he will. So maybe that's the one thing you need to let go of. Or maybe it's bitterness towards somebody else. Maybe it's bitterness towards a spouse. Or maybe it's a child or maybe it's a neighbor or a coworker. We're drinking that cup of bitterness every day and now it's resentment. We need to go to that person and forgive them and ask for or ask for forgiveness. Or maybe it's just a failure Just, oh, I feel like I'm not good enough. I hear that a lot from my own self too. We can't live like that. That's looking over our shoulder. God has a plan for us and we are stepping into a new year. Let's not be so close to to the goal and look over our left shoulder. We have to press on towards the prize, towards the goal. And you know what's beautiful about this goal is if you think about a runner, you can get through the race. I don't know if you've ever run before. That's not a bad... Hopefully you've run before. But never run a race before. You get through the tape and you win. You know what's the beauty of, of following Jesus? Is we get through that tape and we keep going. That's the race that I want to win. And when Paul was talking in Philippians 3, he's saying, I don't just want to know about Christ. We do great filling our minds with information. And he says, I want to know him deeply to the point where my life is completely changed. That's the Jesus that I want to know. I don't want to know more history facts which are important. I don't want to know more information just for information's sake. I want to know a living God because that's how I can press on. And that's how I can begin to forget what is behind and to press on towards the goal to win the prize that is in Jesus that's calling me to heaven. And so what one thing do you need to let go of this morning? And I encourage you to as you head into the new year, as we forget what is behind, you know what helps that helps us do? To focus on what's ahead. Because God has something for you. And let's not miss out by doing this. If we do this, we're missing out what's right in front of us. Um, maybe it's past relationships that we've been dealing with. Those are in the past. We move on. Maybe there's some really difficult things. Here's the thing of the beauty of it is, Paul says, I forget what is behind. That doesn't mean that it just leaves us, but we let those things just take us down, don't we? Hold us down. Anchor us down. And it feels like you're dragging those chains through life. Church, we've been set free. Not to live a life of dragging chains of past sin, past failures, past relationships, past hurts, past pain. We've been set free from that so that we can press on towards what God is calling us to, to know Jesus deeply and personally so that we can fulfill what he wants for us in our families, in our homes, and our communities, in our workplace. Man, that's, that's, that's what this world needs right now, isn't it? A group of people that love Christ that aren't worried and concerned about the past because they've been set free and forgiven. They're moving forward. Because listen, when you start moving towards that prize, people are going to go, what are you moving towards? Because I want it to. Because they're running a race that has no end. It has no goal. It has no purpose. In fact, the only place that uh, the, the race of life without Christ is, is, is death. Eternal separation from God. But when we run that race of Christ, we're headed towards heaven Into a a life eternal. And so let's run that race. Let's forget the past. And let's ask God to help us forget that thing that we need. Or help us to let go of that thing. Because without God, we cannot do it. And I think that's where some of you are hung up right now. I know it's easily for me. when, When I think about one thing that I need to let go of, I have to go to God first. God, help me to let go. And he comes beside you and he touches your life And he helps you to slowly let those things go so that we can press on towards the prize, towards that goal. Pastor Ken is going to come up and answer question number four.
2: And so we've asked you a few questions today. What one thing do you desire from God? What one thing do you lack? What one thing do you need to let go? And now we're going to go to the last question here today that I want you to think about as you go into the new year. What one promise do you need to claim? What one promise do you need to claim? You know, we were talking about, and as you come to this time of the year, as we're wiping the slate clean and trying to think about new things in your future, we often talk about forgetting about the past, and that's what we've talked about here today, but I I find that hard because I have a memory like a steel trap. Um, If you hurt me, I'll never forget it, Um, but I'll tell you what, I've learned to forgive it. And what that means is the, 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 when you're seeing this forgetting, I want you to catch it like this. It means I'm not going to take it out and play with it. I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to let those things that have been hurtful to me, I'm not going to let the things that have hurt my relationship from, with God, hurt my relationship with God in the future. That's what we mean with forgetting. It means we're, we're, we're shedding the weight and we're moving forward to the goal pressing on towards the goal. What is that goal? It is heaven. One day we're going to run this race all the way to heaven. And one day you will be face to face with your master. But in the meantime, we've got to claim the promises of God. I look at here at Psalm 56 verse nine. This one thing I know God is for me. One thing I know God is on my side. I love that. This one thing I know is that God is on my side. Continuing on verse eight. I'm sorry, the next verse. Let's go back. I'm sorry, I messed up on that one. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Praise him for his promise. I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. And so as we look here this morning, we see that the Lord rescued us. Look at verse 13. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping so I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. And so this morning, folks, I want to encourage you. What is the promise of God you've got to claim? We've got to come and claim the promises of God. You know, God, when God makes a promise, he keeps it. God promised to love you. There's nothing that you can do that will stop God from loving you. Nothing. That doesn't mean you have a license to do whatever you want to do and go out and do foolish things. It means that when you do foolish things, God still loves you. Amen. God loves you unconditionally. He loves you with an everlasting love. Let me give you just a few, few of the promises of God here this morning as we wrap up. Philippians 419 tells us that God promises to meet all of our needs. Let's read it together. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I have to share this with you. A lady came who comes very faithfully to Saturday night. She's into her 80s. I'm going to say she's 83 years old. She came in last night and she said, Pastor Ken, I just got to tell you what God did for me. I said, you're going to share with me your testimony. She goes, yes. She said, I came into church two weeks ago and I was overwhelmed by a financial need. She's 83, living on her own, just trying to live on a very fixed budget. She said, and I had a bill that got all out of hand. And so I needed $300. And I'm sitting here and I'm almost in tears hearing this lady because $300, we, we can maybe help that. Maybe we can find something to help this dear lady. She said, I came in and I sat in here in the quietness before church and I prayed and I asked the Lord. And I went home and I went to this holiday party and somehow they pulled my name. And guess what I won? I won $300. You know what that lady did? She is praising God Almighty. You know what she told me? She said, God is my provider. Folks, I want to encourage you. Claim the things of God. I mean, her world was rocked. At 83, things rock your world a little bit easier, don't they? And let me tell you, this $300 had her debilitated, and she said, I have been set free. And then she told me about another time that God did this for her, and another instance, and she said, I just want to praise God and thank Him for what He has done. Can we thank God for real-life examples like that that are happening in our church? Folks, God wants to meet all of your needs. He wants to meet your needs physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. This is what our God does. But remember, it's in His time and in His way. Um, he promises that you won't be tempted more than you can handle. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, He says, My God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. So you are struggling with some of these areas in your life. You're struggling with some temptation. You want to move forward, but yet, man, you're weak in some areas. God says He will not allow you to be tempted more than what you can handle. He will always make a way of escape for you. That's our God. Uh, to forgive all of your sins. Ephesians one seven. Look what Ephesians one seven says. That God is, uh, I think I have that in the screen there, Ephesians 1, 7. It says, in Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So we have forgiveness. You have been forgiven. You've been bought back. You have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's thank God for that this morning. There's a promise you can claim, folks. Uh, Luke already shared with you First John 1, 9. Uh, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to can, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God Himself promises, and so it's like a relationship. You know, you ever get in an argument with your with your wife? No, that never happens in our church. No husbands ever had an argument. What do you got to do when you get in an argument with your wife? You got to surrender. I'm just telling you how it is, right? You've got to come before your wife and say, honey, I was maybe wrong. And you know what happens when you do that? Relationally, it clears up. And this verse here is talking about your relationalness with God. Oh, He redeemed you at the cross, but you go out and you sin again. Guess what God says? He says, when you do that, you come in and you confess to me and I'll forgive it. And we have our freedom of this relationship again. Amen. Thank God for the forgiveness of sin. Let's thank him for that today. Amen. Here's another promise. Romans eight twenty-eight. He promises to turn the things that are bad in your life to his glory. Look here. We know. Read it with me. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. God is the only one who can take something bad that's happened in your life and turn it into glorifying Him and to turn it into good in your life. And that's a promise, folks. So when you're going through life and you're dealing with something bad, some of you are dealing with job situations, you're dealing with family situations, you can know that the Lord God Almighty is working. And, folks, this is where I want to lead our church to this next year. Let's claim the promises of God. Let's not just know them. Let's claim them. And when we're out there in our world, we say, man, I don't know why that happened, but I know that God will take care of me. Thanks be to God for these verses. Amen. Hebrews 13, 5. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You have Emmanuel, God with us. His presence is upon you for your entire life. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He promises to be your trouble in a time of help. Look at Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. When you are in trouble, he's there. God's not running. Everybody else does. You ever notice that when you get in trouble? What's everybody do? They run. That is what happens all the time in life. Your best friends are your best friends until it gets really tough, right? It's amazing. God says, I'm your best friend forever. I love you and I will never leave you. Amen. Let's thank God for this. He is our very present help in a time of trouble. And then closing here on uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Look at this. Through all the turmoil in life, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Then he continues on. Look at the next verse. Says, He says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, or any powers... Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, folks, when you're going through life and you're setting these new goals, what's the one area? What do you desire this year? Are your desires, are you coming to God? And folks, as we go into 2024, I want you to enjoy the end of the holiday here and let's get this new year and let's make a beeline for God. Let's say, God, my desire is that I have your presence on all these areas of my life. What's the thing that I'm lacking? You come before God, say, God, what am I lacking? Lord, I need you to change my character. I need you to change me from the inside. I need you to grow me in faith. What's the one thing you need to forget? What's the sin that so easily besets you? Or what's the thing of your past that is haunting in your heart and your mind? And then what promise do you need to claim today? Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, we're just going to close in prayer this morning. We're not going to sing. We're just going to close, and I'm going to ask you to meet with the Lord God Almighty. Just take a minute. And respond to him this morning. Do business with God. I want to challenge you to take those four questions home. Get alone, quiet somewhere today, tomorrow, and begin meeting with God. Start your Bible reading plan. Start your prayer time. And let's move in the direction of God this year. Lord God Almighty, we come before you, Lord. And I thank you for this precious church, Lord. The precious people in here that we get to shepherd and love and care. And point to Jesus and worship together and do life together. Share the ups and the downs When we're high, when we're low, when we're at our best and we're at our worst, Lord, this is the family that you've given to us. And, Lord, as we think of holidays many times, it's all about family. God, I'm so thankful for the family of God you've given to us right here. Lord, I pray for each person as they consider who you are, as they consider the things that you want to do in their life this year. God, give them one thing. Make it clear. God, help them as they... Come and surrender their lives to you. And we will live and honor and glorify you, Lord. God, we're looking to 2024, uh, but we're looking to you, Lord. We're not looking to a time stamp. We're looking to the God of the universe to change and transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, I want to encourage you to grab your 21 Days of Prayer book today. Uh, The the people are starting to pray around the globe already. We have, and we'll talk more about the global impact of this next week. Let's all stand together and be dismissed. God bless you, and have a great.